Welcome to the Divine Feminine Podcast, where I am your host, Priestess Hanira Abunu. Welcome to the safe space. Episode two, um, a continuation of last week. Last week, we started talking about my journey, uh, being a priestess and how that started, because I got tons of questions over the years. How did you get started? How did you know this is the walk you were supposed to take? And so I started telling my story last week in last week's episode because you guys need to know a little bit about your host, who she is, where she come from, why is she qualified to do and say the things that she's saying on the airways, right? Why? What is her education, right? Um, And so that's why I just wanted to get to know you or you get to know me, me totally expose myself to you and and tell you who I am in hopes of helping you and your journey, right? So this week, uh, we'll just kind of pick up where we left off. But before we do, I wanted to kind of talk to some things and kind of go over some uh, say definitions or give some understandings because I don't know where everyone is spiritually, right? Um, and so I want to be sensitive to that and kind of slow down a little bit um, for those who may be new um, to spirituality, um, just now starting their journey. It's okay. Um, I don't want to go too far over anyone's head. Um, And so with that, I know I talked a lot about me going into initiation, Um, and it sounds so mystic, and it is, (laughs) and it sounds so, you know, um, unbelievable, or um, sometimes people uh, in the media, it's demonized. And so I kind of wanted to explain a little bit about what initiation is and uh, what it means to be an initiate and um, some of the words that you'll hear routinely um, on my podcast as we go past my journey and my story and qualifications, blah, 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 and go more into other topics within the divine feminine, talking about the family structure and and the female energy and um, all of those things. So in setting the foundation with episode two, um, what is initiation? What does that mean, Right. Um, So initiation is the act or action of admitting someone into a secret or obscure society or group, typically with a ritual. And that's a very broad overview as um, I share some 
um, of the highlights and uh, detail, well, not details, but highlights of initiation. Um, this definition is definitely broad and definitely um, on point. So initiation um, is just that. It's someone being um, added into a secret society or um, given a secret knowledge, right? And that knowledge isn't given to everyone in the, in the masses. Um, it's a preserved knowledge that people, temple keepers, um, or even if it's not a religious uh, initiation, there's other initiations out there. It's just a secret knowledge, a knowledge that's not commonly known that you are um, being adopted into within that society, right? Um, and what does it mean to be an initiate? So to be an initiate is simply to be an adept or a person who has been adapted into um, a secret society or a group. And that's pretty simple, pretty basic. Um, if you guys have questions, you can give me your questions online um, and I'll answer them or you can schedule a session with me and we can uh, kind of dive deeper on that. Um, but then the other one I wanted to go over, um, oh, that's just one definition, right? So the other definition is of initiation is an act of beginning something. And that's important because one of the things that the priestess that initiated me said, because I was like, well, how long does it take to become a priestess? And she said, you will always initiate. You will always be initiating. And that kind of burst in my bubble, right? Because in the West, we hear people saying, oh, yeah, I did my initiation. I did this, and now I'm, you know, a priest, and I've been doing this. And, and it's just like, okay, well, how long do I have to study and learn before I have the same, you know, knowledge, skill set, credentials um, to be able to do what you do? Well, she said, you know what? Initiation is lifelong. And when she explained that once you go through the first initiation, so many other initiations open up to you. And I didn't understand what she meant at first. But I just kind of tucked that away in my knowledge bank and um, just said, okay. Um, but that's so true. Now where I am today, um, I do initiations. And it's like what we would say on the West, like... Um, this is such a bad analogy, but um, it's almost like in academia, how you keep taking classes and we call it higher learning, right? So people, you get your degree and then after your degree, you have continued education and you keep learning and you can branch off into your field into um, different, uh, say, subsects of your field to have a more specialized um, skill set. And that's the way it is in initiation, 
you have your foundation, which is the first initiation that you go through. And that initiation lets you know who you are. What are the energies that you came to this earth in this existence with? Are you a reincarnation of an ancestor? Are you a reincarnation of a divinity? Um, what special things, gifts and abilities, traits, characteristics, masculine and feminine energy, what came with you when you were born? We don't know those things. We're not given that when we leave the hospital. We're given a birth certificate. <laughs> and so the purpose of your first initiation is to figure all that out, right? Who am I? Who am I? What did I come with? What special gifts and abilities did I come with? Now, most people in indigenous um, lands, they go through initiation early, earlier than I did. I'll tell you that. Um, the children go through initiation. And even more than that, the parents, when the child is conceived and the mother knows she's bringing forth an ancestor, she will get certain readings and divinations done so she knows who she is carrying and who is going to be, who, the, who their family will be welcoming. And so that's what the first level of initiation is. And so that is fundamental to the human being no matter who you are and where you come from everyone has a family and comes from somewhere and has characteristics and traits and spirits and energies that come with them and you need to know who you are and then after that then there's other initiations you can go through then you go through initiations based on what will help you in your destiny. So you find out what is your destiny? Why am I here? Right? What am I supposed to accomplish? What did I not accomplish in other reincarnations? And it is absolutely mandatory that I accomplish it in this reincarnation. Okay? And what types of trauma, drama, <laughs> trauma and drama, you know, did I have in my past lives? Tell me about, you know, my past life so it will help me in this life, right? These are all parts of initiation and higher learning that you can go through. And then based on all that information's given, then you know, okay, well, um, I need to initiate further with this uh, divinity or with this specialty. I need to learn this or there's um, this craft that's calling to me. And so you just go further. Um, sometimes, in my case, what you guys will learn about um, later, um, there's times that divinities call you. There's times that... Um, certain uh, divinities, energies, gods, powers that be want to interact and, and work with you. They, they want to go with you on your journey. They want to help you fulfill your destiny. Did you come to 
this reincarnation, uh, this existence, this dimension, did you come to this um, life with them? No, you didn't. You didn't at all. But now you're here. And because of the life that you live, the quality that you exude, and the mission that you have, there's something about you that attra- that will attract you to in a divinity. And it could be that one of the initiations you go through is one where the divinity calls you, right? Where they don't let you do anything else until you initiate into them. That could also happen. All of which, all of these cases are cases of initiation or higher learning. In traditional African societies, education, knowledge, family history, world history, um, cultural norms, traditions, did I say that already? All of those things were passed down orally. They were passed down from the elder to the younger. They were passed down from the teacher to the student. And a lot of times they are passed down in these initiations. Um, And so initiation is very, very important. Um, At least the basic initiation, like everybody should know who they are. Who are you? Um, If you want to relate it to something on the West, and again, I hate, I absolutely hate doing this because... It um, it uh, cheapens the uh, the tradition, but I want to have somewhat of a picture for you guys to grasp and hold on to, um, because sometimes this new age um, like spirituality we have, we make it so mystical. And we, we make it into something that people think, oh, it's demonized, it's this, it's that, you know. And when you're coming from a religious background, it totally turns you away, right? And, um, you know, you know religion isn't for you. You know going to church or to the mosque, that's not really... Um, what you're called to, it's kind of lost its luster with you. You don't feel motivated to go or to learn. You understand the principles, but you just don't see how it's working in your life or even the life of others. You just, you're just not drawn to it anymore. That's a lot of people's story. So I like to go over some of these things and kind of demystify them because spirituality and its rawest form is a very technical field. You have to use your logic. You have to always be thinking. It's almost opposite of what um, some of the spiritual sects that are out there tell you. Oh, you have to feel. You have to be in the moment. You have to do all of these things. And it's like, no. There's a time and there's a place for that. Yes. Certain rituals, certain ceremonies, 
Yes, there is a time that you should feel and let your emotions take control of you and all of these things. But the reality of it is that you should always, always be thinking as a spiritual person, as a woman, as a mother, as a daughter, as a divine being. You should always be thinking. Your knowledge and intellect is God-given, divinely given. Doesn't matter what God you call, what divinity, it is given from the creator above. And that cannot be watered down or cheapened. And if anyone who wants to tell you to live in your emotions, just be cautious of that person. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, so you definitely um, want to go through the first initiation and find out who you are. And then from there, there's other initiations, other continued learning, other um, uh, initiations that you can go to that can... um, turn you into a specialized priest you know if that's the line of where you're called if you're not called to the priesthood that's totally okay you should still initiate to find out who you are and that will help you be a better craftsman or a better accountant or a better banker or a better uh blacksmith or welder or um whatever your bloodline is called to right And if you don't know what your bloodline is called to, as you go through these initiations, you'll find out more about that, you know? In the African-American community, that's a lot of our struggle, right? A lot of our struggle is we don't know who we are. We know we're African. We may or may not know who our mom and dad is. Um, but whether it's like one generation, two generations after that, we're pretty, we may know the first, you know, generation or two, but after that, we're pretty cut off and we don't know past that where we come from. And so because of that, we, we don't have our own language, our own culture, our own norms, and we create these subcultures and sub languages. Uh, ways of communicating all of our own, um, like Ebonics, you know, like slang, things like that, where we don't want others to be able to understand um, the way we're talking to each other amongst our loved ones. And I get it. And that's because our identity is gone. Um, and as you go through these initiations, you be more and more of your identity is revealed. Um, and the reason you get more and more of your identity is because it's in that that your power is given to you. So we must know who you are in order to tap into your power um, and give you that those abilities as a priestess as a priest right because those abilities you know in religion they like to say oh my you're given you're gifted from god yeah 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 that's a part of it but the reality is that 
you are given gifts through your bloodline. You are given certain abilities and certain energies and talents and skills are given to you through your bloodline, but you have to know that. And you have to know how to open those doors and who you are. And as you go through initiation, it'll start to uncover, they'll start to uncover that. And then they'll know, oh, okay, she has this energy or that energy, or she is called to this house or that house. And then they know how to um, open you up and how to educate you. And they'll know um, how to focus you. So if you haven't gone through just a basic um, initiation or, or as some people would like to call it a uh, rites of passage then you need that you need to think about it right because it's very very necessary you know the the only oh gosh and I hate to do this I'm doing it again the only thing that I could think of that we have on the west that's closely related is you know something related to maybe like a reading, a palm reading, or some type of psychic something. But those types of things, they, they, or, or, or the zodiac or something like that. But those are so watered down. They don't bring up any of your family history. They just tell you about when you were born and things like that. They don't give you any specifics. But if we were to relate it to something uh, diluted, right? That would be a diluted concept that we have here on the West that's very minor and minute compared to um, the weighted information and valuable information that you get in initiation. So if you're interested in going through initiation and finding out about who you are and what gifts and talents that you were born with and came through your family lineage, inbox me, email me, and we'll start that conversation. Um, another word that we went over and that I said quite a few times in episode one is ritual. And, and, and what is a ritual exactly? Um, a ritual and my definition is simple. A ritual is something that you do over and over and over again. Um, but the definition online says it's a religious ceremony um, with a series of actions performed according to a prescribed order. Right. So let's kind of demystify that. Right. What's ritual? We'll just kind of demystify that. What, right. There's rituals that we do um, in the priesthood, but there's rituals we do every day. Right. Some of you are listening to me right now during your morning ritual. <laughs> right, whether that's coffee, whether that's sitting in traffic for 30 minutes, whether that's going to the gym and being on the treadmill. Some of you guys have a, a ritual that you're doing right now while you're listening to me. Um, it's something that you do over and over again with a prescribed order. Um, and that's all it is, right? And ritual is good. 
ritual routine all of those are good um there are certain ceremonies and and sacred rituals that happen in initiation um and they're beautiful they're totally beautiful um but don't be scared and I tell my story partly to help people not be scared because I talk to people and that's a lot of what they say. They're just, it's the unknown. What do you relate it to? It's like on this side, on the wet, on the West, all people have is like church, right? Let's face it. We're a Christian community and you know, shout out to the Christians. You know, Jesus went through a comedic uh, <laughs> initiation and he was away for some time. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. And so to have, be a comedic initiate myself, like it's like, okay, great. I, I know what he's doing. Um, so shout out to them. But I say that to say, this is all we have on the West. This is, this is it. We're not exposed to traditional indigenous ways of learning and finding out about ourselves, of, about how to take care of the earth, how to take care of ourselves, our bloodline, our ancestors, how to behave. That is like the one of the main reasons I'm doing this podcast is like to get that information and that knowledge out there. There's so much knowledge that needs to be restored to humanity just like how to be a decent human being already just to have that you know structure how to embody the divine feminine how to have that energy and incorporate it into your life um, into your family structure into who you are um, is valuable. And as we get deeper into this, you know, I know there'll be a lot of women listeners, but it's not the divine feminine energy is not exclusive to women. Again, this is an energy that has principles and those principles are seen in both genders. Ha ha, right? We're getting a little deep. I don't want to get too deep because these first two episodes are just supposed to be about who I am, right? And and why you should listen to me and us building a relationship together and, and where my knowledge comes from um, and what I have to say. And so I don't want to get too deep. I won't do that. So I'll back up, boop, boop, boop. I'll back up a little bit and, um, and just say that uh, rituals don't have to be um taboo they and and we'll even go into taboos (laughs) that's another that's another way and thing that you know word that is demonized in spirituality but it's it's good to have taboos honestly you know i'll have to get a quote um uh, but they're a man without taboos. Ah, oh, that's a. I, I, 
I try to not have people in my circle who don't have taboos. Now, what do I mean by taboos? I mean the things that you will absolutely not do under no circumstance, the things that you will not consume, the things that you will not eat, that you will not uh, kill or destroy, the things that you will absolutely not do under no circumstances, even under um, death, you would not do. I don't hang around people who don't have taboos. And why is that? Because as a spiritual being, you have to get to the point to where you have discipline and you live by a certain guideline, certain guidelines and moral code. And that's the way you walk. That's the way you step. You protect your purity, so to speak. You protect your goodness. You protect your light. And there's certain things that you do at a very basic or fundamental level to help you do that. Some of which is by adhering to certain taboos, right? Certain things that I will just never, there are certain things I just will not do. And if that means that I have to start again in another reincarnation, then that's what it would have to be. There's certain things I just wouldn't do. And um, those go with my taboos, with my principles. There's just certain things I'm not willing to budge on. So we went over the definition of initiation. We went over the definition, the definition of being an initiate. And we went over what it means to do a ritual. What what is what is a ritual? We went over that. Um, those were just a couple definitions, couple words that I wanted to kind of pull out and um, and talk about um, because I think that's important. I don't know where each of you are in your walk and in your journey. And I want to be sensitive to that. I, I want to be able to speak to the newest of journeymen and the most experienced also. Um, and so wherever you are on that spectrum, I, I want to, you to be able to gather something from this podcast. So um, I just had to take a moment and kind of slow it down and kind of go over some of those basics because I think it's necessary. So in last episode, um, we were left off with my family. Um, it's just balls of chaos, chaos, chaos. Things were destroyed. Drawing. There was destruction and chaos and unperceived order going on in my life. And it was the breaking down of an old cycle. And little did I know at the time, but the beginning of a new cycle. And that's where many of us are today. With the crisis going on, with the coronavirus and quarantine, and many of us have lost our jobs, lost our loved ones, 
we're faced with understanding or coming to terms with one cycle or way of life maybe ending for us, but knowing that a new cycle or new way of life is starting. And so my marriage had broken down. My business was breaking down. And everything that I had built, my, un, not understanding, but um, I, I built my world, right, around um, these two restaurants that I had. I, um, having perfect credit, um, having, um, um, you know, nice cars, um, credit cards, um, all of these things in Western society, right? Um, I, I was the ideal model in my community. You know, me and my, my husband, we, people would use us as examples, you know, look at this, look at this couple, you know, entrepreneurs, family people, um, married, running their marriage and business together. All of these things I had built my life around were now crumbling and had crumbled. And little did I know, but it was very necessary. It was very necessary. Those of you who know about cycles and ebb and flow um, and the way the universe works, um, there is no way you can start a new cycle in your life and the old cycle does not end first. Just not going to happen. Um, why is that, Priestess? Well, um, there's just certain universal principles, and we can get into them later. But there's just certain universal principles that are at play, and they're bigger than you. They're bigger than me. Um, you know, it's it's bigger than us. It's, it's the, the foundation in which existence was built. And um, now knowing that, I have more comfort when I see things break down in my life or start to go down that path. I know, okay, well, this time is coming to an end. But at that particular time, I had no idea. And so I was a little frantic, um, but still had the courage to move forward. And so that's where we left off um, in last episode was with my... Um, everything that I had held on to in this lifetime um, being destroyed and me on the brink of um, going into the initiation camp. And, um, and that was a scary period. But when the divination and ancestral call came through, um, and what do I mean by divination? Let me break that down a little bit. So by divination, um, to divine um, or give a divination is um, to tap into certain energies and to read those energies. Um, you can do divinations and read into the future. You can get information about the past. You can go into the far future, the near future. Um, and there's different types of div divinations 
There's different types of divination tools or methods. There's different type of, um, depending on the priest you are, there's different types of um, ways to divine. Um, and so that whole process uh, is fast and we could do a whole segment on divinations. Um, and so that's just a general term. You, you may call it like a psychic reading, but I, I don't like that term. I don't, I think it's, um, it's, uh, it plays down traditional sciences, um, and traditional people who have gone through initiation and have been taught a specific skill set, I think to just lump it under some Western term of psychic is, um, is disrespectful. So I don't like to use that, but... Um, I will say it this one time because I want the listeners to have some type of idea um, about what I'm talking about um, as I tell this story, something to relate to, um, because I acknowledge that maybe your paradigm, you may not know what a divination is. And at that point, I had gotten a divination. Um, and they had also done an ancestral call. Now, what do I mean by ancestral call? Um, so calling ancestors, this is something that is done, um, in different traditional, um, uh, priesthoods is where they will, um, do a divination process where they, um, I don't want to say a divination process, they will do a um, spiritual ceremony where um, possession happens. And don't be scared, again, when I use some of these terms and I'll demystify them for you, it's fine. Um, but it's, this is our reality and this is a part of our tradition that has been kept from us and masked in other ways. It's been demonized when it comes to traditions, um, but widely accepted under a different form with a different name in the church. So I'll, I'll let you know what I'm talking about. So with the ancestral call, um, there is a ceremony that will happen where um, a particular uh, ancestor or divinity is called upon and that particular ancestor will take a physical form and that physical form will be the priest. So they will go into the body of the priest and talk and give words of wisdom and give knowledge and guidance. Um, and this is all done sacred. Um, this is done um, by technicians and priests who have been taught how to do this and have been called and have the specific bloodline um, that can do this, right? This isn't just something you see at, at Venice Beach, right? This isn't just, isn't just something you know, you can go into your psychic store and find out how to do like this is a there's a process and an initiation to this. Um, so if having a divination sounds interesting to you, 
inbox me and we can start that process. Both of those processes had been done and words had come forth that it was favorable for me to move forward. I should move forward because um, I was championing um, traditions. I was standing for traditions. I was standing for the ways of our ancestors as African people and they wouldn't let me fail because to let me fail would mean that traditions is a failure and traditions don't fail. The traditions isn't a lie. Um, and so that's where we left off um, last week with me making the decision um, to keep moving forward. You know, even though this old cycle of life and everything that I knew um, to be was ending, I was still moving forward into what I now know to be the new cycle of my life. Now, what do I mean by um, uh, ancestral call being repackaged, um, demonized on the traditional end, but repackaged um, into the Christian church? Well, you know, and this is from my experience, right? And I'm priestess, I'm an initiate, and I've seen a lot. Um, and prior to being a initiate and a priestess, I was a PK, right? And a lot of you know what a PK is. I was a preacher's kid, right? My I come from um, a line of ministers in the, the Christian church. And so I was the kid that was there, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. I was there on Wednesday for Bible study, Thursday for choir rehearsal, Friday for, you know, um, Friday service. And I was there feeding the, the homeless on Saturday morning. And I was there every time the church doors were open. That was just the way I was raised as a kiddo. And, um, I, that's a whole nother story or segment to say how I transitioned from that life to this, um, maybe in a future podcast. <laughs> but um, I say that to say that I've seen a lot in church and what they do in church, we see it as... Um, and this was more back in the day. I don't, I haven't been in church recently. Maybe it still happens, but there would be times during, um, you know, praise and worship or uh, times that they would say, oh, the spirit is high, right? And there would be times that um, someone would, um, I call it now going in trance go into a trance but back then we in the church they call it going into the spirit you know uh oh they caught the holy ghost well as a priestess in spirituality i now question and say which exact ghost are you talking about ma'am <laughs> but you know in church you don't do that it's just oh they caught the holy ghost oh they you know they're um they're under the spirit well, which spirit is it exactly? Can you name the spirit? 
does the spirit want to be welcomed with gin water powder or perfume what <laughs> what does the gin what does the spirit want right as a as a priestess of spirituality now um you know i have a different lens of eyes uh and see my childhood differently and so back during those days um of church worship um there would be many a times i remember as a child and this was in the 70s and in the 80s so back when you know there was real pentecostal church and not this corporate um entity that we have now but just real sanctified you know toe tapping spirit possession happening um and there would be times that people would um there would be a spirit that would come and they would go into someone's body and that person would start speaking in tongues or that person would start um, uh, delivering a message, right? And if the person in church was like speaking in tongues, there was always supposed to be someone there to interpret it uh, and that would happen. Or there would be someone who would just start speaking um, and they would start telling truths about another person. Um, this and this and this happened in your week and you need to do this or your daughter is sick and you need to do this or you need to call your son immediately. There would be a person that all of a sudden they didn't know why or, or what had come over them. Um, again, in the, in the church, the church ladies would say, oh, she's under the spirit or he, the, he's under the spirit. And they would do that. There would also be times that this instance, the spirit would come on a person and they would put their hands on a person and they would pray or say sickness be gone. And, and all of these things would happen. Right. And this was in the Christian uh, Pentecostal church. I remember this plain as day growing up as a kid. Um, and like I said, the 70s and the 80s. And now fast forward into the 2020s and now knowing what I know as a traditional healer and priestess, that was spirit, that was spirit possession. That, that is spirit possession and it's repackaged and given to you as the Holy Ghost. Okay. And so don't be you know um scared of that term um when i say there's an ancestral call and um the priest the trained initiated uh priest um takes on a spirit and delivers a message um in this particular setting in the traditional setting it's more structured and part of my knowing as a priestess who's been studying and doing this for years and is uh, born in the West, but training um, in indigenous uh, temples in Africa. My thought in this is that, and knowing what I know, right, about the ancestral spirit and, and how it's been um, forgotten here on the West, is that the reason um, they were able to do such great work in the Pentecostal church 
back in the day was because the ancestors and generations before them were practicing and taking care of their ancestors. And so their spirit guides, their ancestors, the um, entities that came with them and their family and their bloodline um, was active and had the energy to help them and um, in their in their life, they were active in their life. Now, when you fast forward to to now, this generation, right? <laughs> Church is like going to work. There's like it's like cubicles. It's it's nothing like what it used to be. You you can't find the spirit anywhere. You know, people are leaving the Christian church in dozens and droves every single Sunday. And it's because there's no spirit. There's no nothing there. And the people aren't living um, what they're preaching. Um, But I'm not going to go too far into that. I'll just say that you fast forward to 2020. And now you have all of these generations um, that have been so dedicated and focused on religion and putting all of their energy into religion that they've forgotten about their ancestors. And so their gifts and spirit and skills and all of the special things that come with them are dormant. They're not active. If anything, you know, um, some of you out there may even have like negative things happening to you and you don't know why. And it could be because those energies that are bringing negativity, if you were to pay attention to them, will actually bring you good things. But they're trying to get your attention and it's they're not being successful. You're not listening. Um, so because we're not taught those things. Right. And so um, ancestral veneration, ancestral acknowledgement is huge. Oh, my God. God, it's so huge, but it's missing in this Western society. It's missing. They don't teach it, and they should, and that's why podcasts and people like myself um, need to happen and need to exist because this is basic human being, human knowledge that needs to happen. There's other countries and other places where they still acknowledge their ancestors, um, and it's done in plain sight. And But here in the West, here in America, um, it's taboo. <laughs> it shouldn't happen under any circumstances. And it, we have to change that thinking. Oh, my gosh. Where did this come from? <sighs> that is a whole segment in itself where it came from. Um, we won't touch that right now because we're nearing the end of this podcast um 
But that in future episodes we'll have to touch on is where did that come from? Why is that there? Um, and then go back into the future where we are today and just continue to educate and uh, move people forward into this new age um, that we have. So um, ancestral call, don't be scared by it. Don't be scared when I say spirit possession. Um, It is something that um, is our culture. It happens in traditions. Um, It happens in indigenous culture. Okay. And so I got the divination. I got the um, ancestral call. And they told me that I need to move forward into this new cycle. I need to live for once. You know, I've been living in this Western uh, society for so long that I forgot how to be a human being. These were the words that they gave me. And so with the courage of my ancestors and traditions, I move forward in going into initiation. Um, And that was the beginning of my new cycle, beginning of... um, the next part of my life and I, I covered it a little bit in the beginning and talking about initiation but the very first initiation I did um, was just my foundation who am I who is the main spirit that has called me am, am I an ancestor am I a, a divinity who am I a reincarnation of right um that was that initiation alone took me days if not weeks to just settle with um the very first trip that i had was three months and so again this old cycle had ended my family was back in America and I had embarked on my priesthood journey and so I am in the villages um, the deep forest of West Africa there's no uh, internet there's no electricity there's no running water there's no uh, none of the comforts that we have here in America that um, keep us complacent. Um, There's no air conditioning, right? Mind you, I'm in West Africa. And in West Africa, no matter what time of the year it is, it never dips below 80, (laughs) right? And so even in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, it's about 70, okay? It just doesn't um, get cold. It just doesn't. And so during the daytime, you hit the 90s, the hundreds in, in degrees. Um, and it's hot. And, and it was my, it was my, this was my second trip, but this was my first time in the initiation camp. And I didn't know what to expect. 
I kept asking people who had um, uh, who I who I thought had gone through this before. Um, you know, what should I expect? What should I bring? Uh, what should I do? And they were just like, just do it. Just go forward. I'm not going to tell you how it was. Just go. I was on YouTube trying to <laughs> try, trying to find videos of um, initiation and um, trying to see what it what it might be like and um, what what I should bring and nothing nothing could prepare me for the experience that I had. Um, it was a wonderful experience, not because um, the instances and the three months there were comfortable. <laughs> it was it was a wonderful experience because of the mindset that I had going into it. I was determined to come out of it. I was determined to come out of initiation um, with everything that I was supposed to have, right? Whatever that was, I just knew I had to keep moving forward. Um, and that was it. And my family had told me that um, don't make all this that we're going through, all this suffering we're going through for nothing. Be successful. And I could not um, not come back for one and I couldn't not come back successful because they were counting on me they were just like yeah it's tough here but it's worth it if we know that you're succeeding and that was a side of my family like I was like wow these are my kids I raised them to be this way <laughs> yes okay score um and so that was powerful. I was determined. So initiation, was it tough? Yes. Was it uncomfortable? Most definitely. Um, was it challenging? Yes. Um, is it built and designed to be that way? Yes. And you know, part of that is and knowing, again, these universal principles, you cannot pull anything out of existence, right? Existence is full. Existence is full. You cannot pull anything out of existence without giving something first. That is a principle. That is an absolute principle. You, there has to be an exchange of energy. So here I was going through initiation, pulling this knowledge, pulling this power, I had to give some sweat. I had to give some pain. I had to give some sweat equity. I absolutely had to, to give that in order to pull. Um, now, the my mindset, my determination, a lot of that was given to me um, through my first initiation. Right, my first initiation I went through here at the States was um, through the Air Center. And they taught me humility. They taught me perseverance. They taught me how to be a servant, right? And how to serve. And that is big, huge 
as an initiate going to a land where I wasn't raised even though I'm from that land and trying to adapt um, and not knowing the indigenous language or some of the customs and ways. You know, I was very vulnerable, but I had to check myself and everything check myself. Um, my arrogance, how, how can I think I know how to pour a bucket of water, right? How could I just think I know? No, ask, is this the right way to do this? Something so simple. I made sure to learn the process correctly, right? How do I get the water and put it on my head? And how do I do this and pour water? And how, something so simple. How do I wash? How do I do all of these things? Help me. Um, character traits that help me through initiation um, and so I embarked on the next three-month journey um, and I went through about three initiations in that particular period and that was the beginning of my priesthood journey so me Hanera Abunu I received that name in my U.S at the end of my U.S. initiation. And Hanera means warmth of the great god Ra, Hanera. And Abunu means purified by the goddess Nu. Um, and so that's the name I use, Priestess Hanera Abunu. Um, I have uh, two other uh, initiated names um, in the West. But in Africa, I, when I started my Vodun walk or priesthood, I was given two other names. Um, when I came out, my name was Waydosi, daughter of Waydo. Um, and then my uh, second initiation, I was given the title Na, um, and my name was Ananasi Dohoso. And um, although my names are beautiful and I love the way they feel in my mouth as they come out, the way I have to structure my tongue in order to get ananasi dohoso to roll off of my tongue, um, it's hard for people to say, <laughs> quite frankly. And so when I go home to West Africa, um, they don't know me as Hanera, uh, as Hanera Bunu. They, they call me my traditional priestess name. And so if some of you are wondering like, oh, her name doesn't seem like it's a voodoo name um, because there's certain, um, a certain format for those who are initiated, for those who are in the priesthood. Uh, there's a certain format in which the names go. That's why. That's why. Um, so that's why I go by Hanera, Priestess Hanera, because um, it's easier to reach the people, um, to help the people who need um, the assistance and need the knowledge. It's not about my ego or um, anything like that. So, um, yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, end the podcast here for today. And 
and uh, I'll see you guys again next week for another episode of the Divine Feminine. Uh, I am your host, Priestess Haneha Abunu. To schedule a spiritual reading or life coaching session or to order immune-boosting herbs and tonics, please email divinefemininepodcast at gmail. If you would like information on the spiritual awakening trip to Africa in July, please email haneraabunu at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the Divine Feminine Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, share, and join the conversation on social media. You can find us on all social media outlets at the Divine Feminine Podcast.